Good morning. The Tuesday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News continues. I'm Rich Jones updating the search for the crew of Alfaro. No signs of life in the disaster. That's the latest update from the Coast Guard in its overnight search. So, so far, they have scoured like 160,000 square nautical miles. They've recovered um, a lot of uh, debris, and they have recovered the remains of one of the 33 crew members. We're expecting also in about an hour or so to get an update from the National Transportation Safety Board as they begin their part of this investigation. Investigation. So many different angles to cover with this story, it seems, in recent days. Rod Sullivan is a local maritime attorney and joins me live on Jacksonville's Morning News. Do you know, Rod, where the NTSB would even start on something like this? I mean, do they collaborate with the Coast Guard so far on the findings that they have? Uh, yeah, well, the NTSB is in charge. The, the Coast Guard is, is in the NTSB uh, investigation um, just an observer or a participant. But at this point, the, the investigation is headed up by the the go team from the NTSB. You know, Tote Marine, which operates the ship, said that it was the uh, captain who essentially had uh, made the call to go out. He had a sound plan to bypass the storm. Are we talking about a situation where we have horrible luck, flawed judgment, or both? No, I think we have an error in judgment here, although I, I'm going to revise something I said before. Is the question is, should the vessel have left? And, and at the time the vessel left, this was only a tropical storm, and it was headed off toward the northeast. So actually departing from Jacksonville was not in and of itself bad judgment. But certainly by the time the vessel got down to Elbow K, it was clear that this, this storm had made a 180-degree turn. It was headed back toward uh, and crossing the path of the vessel. And the, the time came at that point, and you have to, uh, you have to abandon your voyage and, and choose another route or head back to port. Apparently, there was a mechanical problem with the ship's main propulsion system. Once something like that happens, assuming that did, what could they possibly do to try to avoid the teeth of this monster storm that was out there? Well, see, here's the thing is that mechanical problems can be brought on by heavy weather. And once you you get into heavy weather, you are straining your equipment to its greatest extent, and things like this happen. So consequently, it's, it's proper planning that prevents a mechanical breakdown at sea. Um, and and I, I think that when we investigate, or when the NTSB investigates, they're going to find that the mechanical breakdown was, in fact, related to the heavy weather the ship was encountering. 790-foot ship, it's 40 years old. Is age a factor in this investigation, and how so? It, age is definitely a factor. You know, there were four ships constructed at the very same time with the very same design in the same shipyard. One of those was retired to 32 years. Another was retired at 38, and there were two operating until the El Faro sank. So age is clearly a factor. The focus really, in my opinion now, needs to switch to the El Yunque, which is the other of the four ships that's continuing to operate. And I think the ABS and, and, the, uh, and the governmental authorities need to go on and do a thorough survey of the structure and determine whether or not the steel is in good enough condition for this ship to continue to sail. A lot of questions to be answered in the weeks to come, and uh, we'll certainly stay on top of it. Rod, appreciate the insight. Rod Sullivan is a uh, certified uh, by the Florida Bar as a specialist in the field of maritime law and uh, also an adjunct professor at the Florida Coastal School of Law as well. Jacksonville's only all-news morning show continues at 644.